0: Would you like to see the corman back prequel to RoboCop? Or Short Circuit? Well, tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, we've got the movie for you, Shopping Mall, where shopping will cost you an arm and a leg. Waitress, more butter.
1: Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films. The bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show.
2: Hello and welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by revengethefans.com. It is October And with October comes Halloween, thus we felt it only fitting to do a couple of horror movies for this month. Our first, as Chumzilla's intro just stated, is Chopping Mall. Buy or die, boys. This one is truly a movie of its time. Pure 1980s B-movie schlock personified. It is glorious. It's got gratuitous nudity. Characters with liberal morals and low IQs. And of course, the nerds survive it's the perfect 1980s horror movie checklist.
1: Also gratuitous violence.
2: Yes, lots of violence.
1: It's got gratuitous nudity. it's got gratuitous violence. It's got a lack of any kind of cohesive story to tie those two together, but that's okay.
2: Oh, there's a story. I'm not sure it's cohesive. I'm the Thunderous Wizard. Uh, along with me are Captain Cash. Hey, everyone. And the aforementioned Chumpzilla.
0: Salutations
2: couple of points of order. You can find the show on Facebook and Twitter at Hops and B.O. Flops. You can find myself at Writer T.L.K. Captain Cash, where can they find you?
1: At C-D-A-P-T-C-A-S-H.
2: And uh, we've got a couple of movie polls up for the second movie of October, so be sure to vote on those. Last I checked, Leprechaun was beating Critters, and The Thing was beating Monster Squad. Winner of each matchup will then face off to determine which is the second movie of October, because we're only doing two this month, uh, technically not counting Masters of the Universe, which came out on the first of the month because I'm leaving the country. Uh, Chump Ziller, what are we drinking tonight?
1: tonight not permanently you're... anything. You're coming back, right?
2: Oh, no, I'm never coming back.
1: That's all dependent yeah, that's on his behavior department. out of country, <laughs> clearly.
2: He might find
0: 2J. himself unavoidably detained. Uh, Yeah, tonight we are drinking a fine IPA from Jailhouse Brewing out of Hampton, Georgia. Straight out of Hampton. It is a tropical hoppy IPA coming in at a mellow 5.0 APV. And of course, it's the 5.0 because this is a movie about glorified mall cops, is it
2: not? They're probably the most efficient mall cops in the history of mall cops. Although excessive force is used. I
1: mean, if this were Detroit in the future, it would be perfect. But, I mean, it's just a mall in L.A. in the 80s. I don't know.
2: I don't it's want to spoil my uh, one-sentence description, but these kids had it coming. Uh, also,
0: in, in the words of Dick Jones, we practically are the military. <laughs>
2: Just remember, uh, if you vote for Leprechaun, you are thus completing the circle of friends, actors, in shitty movies from the from the 90s and 80s. I'd let Graham's the thing. record
1: show that this movie started as uh, almost porn, and it stars a guy named Dick Jones, who almost certainly should have instead gone into porn. He,
2: he may have, for all we know.
1: That's a good point. I did not research what became of Dick Jones. Sure
0: yeah, Dick Jones or Dick Miller?
2: Dick Miller's the... Oh, uh, wait, Yeah, I didn't know if there's also a Dick Jones. Man. <laughs> uh,
0: there could have been, but there's Dick, Dick, Dick Jones is the character from Robocop. Dick Miller is, is the janitor in this movie and the guy at the yes. gun shop in Terminator.
2: Yeah, and also he, the neighbor from Gremlins. Dick Miller.
0: And the neighbor from Gremlins, yeah.
2: The eternal <laughs> Dick Miller.
0: Oh, and by the way, he, I'll crack a beer to that. <laughs> Cheers.
1: A dick miller. He mills his dicks. It's an artisan dick mill. I uh, Definitely a porn name.
2: Alright, so let's get into it. This was released 1986, uh, produced by Julie Corman, who was working on the behalf of her husband, Roger Corman, who makes a return to the pod. Fantastic Four, what's up? Uh, so, produced by Concord Pictures. She was tasked by VHS giant Vestron Video to deliver a horror film set in a mall. She reached out to Jim Wynorski, who basically wrote a pitch in 24 hours with his writing partner, uh, Jim Mitchell. Uh, Wynorski was pretty new to directing at the time. He'd only done a couple of movies, but he went on to direct hundreds of D-grade exploitive uh, horror flicks, including The Bear Wench Project and The Witches of Brestwick.
1: Truly a A-grade schlockmeister.
2: I mean, the, one there step above porn
1: one. or same level of porn?
2: Certainly he's a softcore horror porn director.
1: And I don't say Schlockmeister as an insult. I truly appreciate his work.
2: I think that's probably what's on his business card. Schlockmeister extraordinaire.
1: Extraordinaire, yes.
2: So they shot this film in 20 days on a budget of less than a million. They filmed strictly at nights in California's Sherman Oaks Galleria. If you listen to Masters of the Universe, Home of Commando. T2, Fast Times, some other films. You will recognize this mall from Commando especially because they, at one point, are on the exact same elevator that he's on top of and then swings, you know, when it's clearly the stunt double for Arnold. Very recognizable. T2, maybe a little bit. Fast Times, certainly. Uh, they use a lot of the same areas. Uh, it was originally titled Killbots. Bots. When they released it, it tanked, did horrible, They renamed it Chopping Mall, re-released it, did a little bit better, but this movie really found its life basically on late night cable TV, which is where I found it. And the reason for the name change to Chopping Mall, a janitor said, you should probably call it Chopping Mall. The other title doesn't make any sense. (laughs)
1: Listen, undeniably, Chopping Mall is a better title. But if your argument is that Killbots doesn't make sense, I I feel like you're just not leaning hard enough into what this was, which is... You need to really... It's no carnosaurus. It's no...
2: Corbin production.
1: Full on. Yes, exactly. Call it what it is. Oh, it's Chopping Mall. All right, we're, we're there. I, I know what I'm getting with Chopping Mall. Killbots could be anything.
2: Yeah, the, the whole conceit is like, hey, there's 20-somethings trapped in a mall and they're all getting murdered systematically. Uh, so the chopping and the mall really sell it. But I mean, again, it's not like this movie did bonkers business, and that title change was actually confirmed by Wisnorski in this q and I found on YouTube, which was basically shot on some guy's handy cam at some random screening of this movie somewhere. I'll post that to the social. Oh, man.
0: You can't deny that being shot in a mall is part of the movie's charm. That's that's the whole shtick. It's it's a teen slasher movie in a mall. Yeah, I I can understand from a marketing standpoint that draws in a more common audience. Killbots sounds a little more like hard sci-fi, whereas you get that teen Dawson's Creek feel from Chopping Mall. Oh, okay, it's a movie in a mall. It's more related. What the fuck
1: Dawson's Creek were you watching?
2: Pretty The dark one, apparently.
1: Well, no, but but that's... Uh, Did Pacey's head explode at some point? Oh, my God. well, I mean, who
0: didn't want to see Katie Holmes's head explode? But, no, I mean, I'm, the point is you got a pretty <laughs> cast the teenagers put into a shopping mall. I'm not that sure Tom Cruise sense. still
1: doesn't want to make that happen. Uh,
0: let's, let's contrast it with Terminator, for example.
2: Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, it sounds like a cheap, uninspired knockoff of Terminator.
0: And it's not, it's not Terminator. It's a different movie. The mall angle is a key part of the movie's shtick. So getting that in the title makes sense.
2: I agree. Yes, That's, and a, smart getting, and that's a smart janitor. I'm that's a smart janitor. And s-
1: that janitor's name? Albert Einstein.
2: It's and everyone clapped. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this movie stars a lot of people you're not really going to recognize, except for Dick Miller. Uh, Kelly, Knight of the Comet Maroney. She's sort of a scream queen in some of these more B-movie horror movies. You got Barbara Reanimator Crampton, uh, one of the assholes from Cobra Kai. You'll recognize him. He chews gum the entire movie, up until his death. <laughs> and that's really it. Like, I, there's really nobody else, I guess, worth mentioning. Maybe there is.
0: Well, no, wait. That the the guy chewing the gum. That's John Turtleski, right? Yeah,
2: and he was one of the Cobra Kai guys.
0: Yeah. Who who more famously went on to be the death stalker and the death stalker too oh that's right yeah
2: well well, there you go
0: this was this this jumping off point to his his uh beefcake uh career as the death stalker
2: he's actually pretty good in this as far as the acting is concerned because most of it is universally terrible
0: Well, I'll add that the gum-chewing angle was his idea. He thought that would make the character more obnoxious and memorable, and he was right. He he nailed that. Yeah, success. Way to go. He was a huge dick, and it it came through. He was was supposed
2: to be the sleaziest of the sleazy boyfriends, and he nailed it. Yeah. So according to IMDb, and this movie is free on YouTube, I say that with hesitation because it's not technically free on YouTube, but it's free on YouTube. I own it. Uncensored on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I saw boobs on YouTube. I'm, I'm scarred for life. I didn't know you could do that.
2: You know, it's another case of nobody's cared to pull this down, apparently. So the description is a group of young shopping mall employees stay behind for a late night party in one of the stores. When the mall goes on lockdown before they can get out. The robot security system malfunctions and goes on a killing spree. That is the plot of the movie. So we're really not going to talk much more about the plot, but I am going to ask for your guys' one sentence yeah. descriptions of it.
1: Yeah, I, I like ordinarily I insist on doing like a here's the plot recap, but no, that's that's it. Um, the only thing you can really add to it is uh, the people who don't have sex get to live because eighties morality. Uh, the end. I guess the robots. Ultimately, I'll get blown up. Uh, my my one sentence for this movie is Paul Blart, Mall Robocop.
2: Solid. Trumpzilla.
1: Um, Pretty white kids
0: with problems face off against the beta version of Skynet.
2: This is more of a piece of advice for any of our younger listeners out there and in fitting with the theme with he-man you have to have educational advice at some point during the show if you're going to loiter in a furniture store after hours prepare to pay the consequences that's all I'm gonna say if you're gonna commit a felony and there's robots two and a half foot robot mall cops uh, motoring around some of you are gonna pay the price maybe not all of you but some of your friends are gonna wind up dead and it's going to be your fault. Right, well, I
1: mean, the main thing is, did you have sex with any of those friends? Because then you and those friends are going to die. Yeah. For sure. What if you have sex with the robots? The robot? robots are real sticklers for that. Yeah. Ah, uh, will the robot kill himself? Or would the robot learn to love? I think he would kill you out of shame.
2: Well, this begs the question, who did Dick Miller have sex with before he was electrocuted?
1: Himself. Almost certainly himself. <laughs> I mean at one point doesn't the there's a guy who's running the computer which ostensibly controls the robots he's looking at a girly magazine and he yeah. dies for it so literally everyone in this thing is murdered because they had sex or are in proximity to sex so dick miller something happened off screen that we didn't see that maybe we were meant to or maybe they were he was just like dick miller too close to penis must must destroy
0: and really the, sec- the second technician also dies without any real uh, any real uh, egregious violation.
2: Yeah. Aside from the fact that they control the motherboard, which is the key to the Killbots.
0: He did show compassion for the other uh, fornicator, so perhaps it was guilt by association. That's true. Yeah.
2: And that's a high crime. That's prime. a good point. In Killbot uh, justice, <laughs> you cannot show compassion for the man who... Yeah is looking at nudie magazines instead of doing his job.
1: The thing I think's nuts is the, the computer that controls the robots is still there. I mean, are, isn't the computer the one telling the killbots to do the killing?
2: There was the lightning storm, so the lightning storm fried the motherboard. And uh, yeah, that that's that. They were out of, you know, they'd become self-aware.
0: A lot of the logic can be thrown out the window here because there was a malfunction the robots became self-aware. They were doing their own thing. So any programming or rules they had, any, any of the rules of robotics are thrown out the window, right? Except I've got one big one. In the opening of the movie, you've, you do get a brief synopsis of what the robots are capable of. You get the little the, little, the capabilities presentation from the, the tech guy. And, and uh, at no point in that, that uh, whole spiel is there any indication that the cops are contacted by the robots or the computer controlling them. So at no point do they ever say, yeah, we'll, we'll like detain the guy. And then the police are called.
2: Now this is street. It's never justice. Really,
0: it, yeah. It's just like, you know, we'll just disable the guy and we've got darts and tasers and lasers that can dismantle debris. And at no point say, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll just hold things down until the cops show up. No, no, it's just, it's all taken care of inside the mall self the late
1: the 80s in the mall was a lawless time yep. kids. yeah no, it was
2: you don't snitch at the sherman oaks <laughs> they take they take care of their own business
1: and, and again
0: at no point yeah. do the people in the mall try to contact the authorities either because at least you think about it, in terminator the cops play a fair part in the movie well
2: they shut the phones down which these are pay phones so how they did that i don't know <laughs> but
1: at the point at which the robots have plastic explosive, <laughs> yeah, you can just kind of assume that yes, they can shut down the the payphones. It's probably fine.
2: There's a lot to be said for their insane power. Like these these are weapons of war. These robots, but I don't want to get there just yet. So I have two main questions about this movie. One, uh, why do you think it works, and maybe you don't think it works. Uh, because if, if you do think it works, this has obviously persisted for the last 30 years. Uh, I think it works in, in a sense that a lot of 80s horror movies were very derivative. This is pretty derivative, but the killbots are what separate it. You can watch this because it's so absurd that these three-foot-tall robots are menacing these people in this mall. They can't go up and down stairs. They really can't do much of anything. <laughs> if you ran in circles, you would, you would evade them. But they're still awesome. To
1: Chumpsilla's point, it really is... It's the mall setting. It's the wackiness of the robots. It's the very obviously crappy acting and gratuitous violence as well as the, the nudity. This is, this is a quintessential schlock piece. But it's the best version of a quintessential Slock piece. This is this is artisanal, dick milled, quintessential shock. That's why it persists. Because what what else could they have added? Like, not it, the plot doesn't make sense, but the plot doesn't have to make sense. It,
0: it's so it's so dumb on the surface. Yet it's so well executed at a certain level that it's watchable. Like I think one of the things about this movie is that even though I don't really remember the characters' names, they were all distinct. They all they all had a personality. You, you you could tell them apart. Their interactions were good. The script wasn't fantastic, but some of the acting, some of the scenes between the human characters were excellent. Like there were definitely moments where you see um, different genres kind of. Uh, uh, Displayed, for example, the female team that goes through the air ducts. Okay, that was that was very aliens esque, or alien esque. Just that 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 they they tried to do things to copy other films, and it, it sort of worked. It was just different enough that it was entertaining.
2: Yeah, it's it's it it understands it's stupid and it moves at a very crisp pace which definitely helps and the robots do a variety of things you don't understand or know that they're going to be able to do so each kill is a little bit different from the last and it's just a hell of a lot of fun i don't you know if i was i've, I've probably seen this movie 45 times i probably first saw it sometime oh my in God. The late 80s to early 90s i've owned it in several formats it's a perfect piece of like 80s nostalgia to me i would rather watch this than almost any of the friday the 13th sequels because those are like every friday the 13th movie is the same it's the same movie like nothing changes from the first one on and the first one's like this really unique thing and it's the same movie over and over and over again
0: Okay, I think there's there's a couple of things this movie does really well. And one of them is it draws you in with the teenage, you know, dialogue and the teenage character building. And then you get that first kill, which is really satisfying because it's the gum-chewing dickhead that goes first, right?
2: No, he kills Dick Miller first. They kill. Oh, yeah,
0: Dick Miller. I'm sorry. Uh, the teenage kills. Uh, the teenage kills. Yeah. So you know, uh, the main characters, you get that guy first. You know, okay, it's starting. And you're ready for it. And then when they get that headshot on the blonde not,
1: not just a headshot, a full on head explosion. Her mind was blown. It is and, awesome. And it that that
0: effect holds up and we'll come back to that later. But to me that was shocking. It's like okay, you saw you saw the guy get a electrocuted that was corny that was a corny corny kill whatever the other guy gets his neck pinched which clearly it actually doesn't get touched it pinches in front of it and he there's some red it, whatever it's a it's a bad effect it's it's not that great now it's like okay this is really terrible and then you get hit with that total like just head blown you're like okay this movie's for real like this that that's well that you didn't expect that you know because you, you got lulled the, into a
1: false sense of security on
0: how tame the kills were going to be. It's going to be around for a while and all of a sudden now, boom. Heads up. The movie's on.
2: It's the tone setter because she goes to yeah. look for her boyfriend. She finds him. She thinks he passed out drunk. And then the doors just kick open and the, the kill bot's got its arms in the air and it just starts chasing her down. And then the next thing you know, it's shooting friggin' lasers. And boom... There goes her head. Like one of Gallagher's friggin' watermelons just poof, across the screen. It really kicks it up a notch. And then it's got like the next scene is like probably the biggest like set piece of the movie where they're fumbling through this furniture store is lasers are going everywhere and people are crashing through tables. For an $800,000 yeah. picture, like they do a couple of really cool things in this movie.
0: They do, and, and and that's one of the better parts. I, I mean, that, that whole chase
1: scene is great. I want to know how much those robots cost because they clearly drive on their own.
2: Yes, and there do. are
1: three of them, and they have they, they move independently at least a little bit. So I got and the robots themselves look corny and kind of like old school, but uh, they're still full on robots with tread and stuff. It's not some guy in a suit.
2: They were completely functional. Robots that were built and controlled by uh, crew members—they could go up to eight miles an hour. So they were made out of like realistic-looking equipment. Let's see. To keep them looking realistic, they were constructed out of such items: wheelchair frames, pieces of conveyor belt that they actually had real tread on because they were so heavy and could move so quickly. If you didn't put tread, they'd just like basically spin their wheels. Uh, within the treads, huh. were roller skate wheels. Those claws they have are pieces of Japanese toys. The laser beams obviously were special effects, but almost everything else you see on screen was a result of the effects crew via remote control.
0: Yeah, they were cheesy, but they were clearly real.
2: Yep, and they uh, were voiced by director Jim Wynorski.
0: The director, yeah. Have a nice day.
2: So my other central question is, now, could you do this movie today? Now, I think you could do it today. Uh, In fact, I had read that they were planning on reviving it. They wanted to do so without the killbots, which then kills it. Without the killbots, there is no chopping mall. But I would keep it in the 80s, because to me, this film doesn't work with modern trappings and modern technology. You have to have the sense that the Well, yeah, malls are dead. Malls don't
1: exist anymore. The only thing you get is... Uh, The Amazon delivery drones are going door-to-door killing people.
2: See? And that would be my plan. Oh, shit, guys.
1: I just figured out how we're going to make a million (laughs) dollars. Yeah.
2: So if you're going to update it, it has to be that for two reasons, right? Nobody goes to shopping malls. And two, most people have their elaborate sex parties at their own home, not in a mall after hours. So (laughs) logically...
0: Well, well, no, no. Most people have their elaborate sex parties at their Airbnb, not at
1: home. Oh. That's a good
0: point. You don't orgy at home. You orgy at an Airbnb.
1: Exactly. But Moving on.
2: To me, you just have to keep this movie in the 80s. And also, you have to have the synth score. Preferably, you bring Chuck Serino back, if he's alive, because the score of this film is masterful.
0: See, I think, I think you could redo this movie in the modern era, in a retail setting. Not a mall, because as Captain Cash pointed out, malls are dead. But Let's move it into a big box store. We've already seen there are robots being implemented into malls and other public shopping areas, like assistance bots, you know? Yeah. So let's just go to a big box store. Where, oh, hey, we just brought in these new bots. They're going to help people with the self checkout. And then the overnight stocking crew gets trapped in there with the robots. Lightning strikes, some sort of uh, cyber attack. It goes wrong. All hell breaks loose. All of a sudden, you got Red Dawn in a Walmart.
2: Okay, I like that.
0: Uh, you can do it. You can do it.
2: Because my other thought would be, if you're gonna do it in a modern setting, Black Friday, a couple of people break Ooh. into a store. They want to be there first for the sales. They're hanging out in the back. Uh-oh, you broke into the wrong store, hombre. Game over. The killbots work. Robocop,
1: right? Malbolge. Yeah, I get you.
2: Next thing you know, there's a lightning yeah. storm and your wife's head explodes.
1: Freeze, dirtbag. Yeah. Have a nice day.
2: As a, as a throwback to a past episode, the Chuck Zerino score to Chopping Mall, I have secured it. No word yet on whether my identity has been stolen. <laughs> so, future updates coming. You f-
1: frequent some shady sites to get your sweet, sweet vinyls. It, and it is a sweet-looking vinyl. It is. It is a sweet-looking vinyl. It, it is clear. And what, is it like green and yellow? Or it's
2: yeah, yeah, this yeah. neon? green and yellow. Of course, the custom art, because it was done by like a place I, I get other records from, but it was out of print. Because uh, I think they had the rights in like, 2014. Now, here are some questions that are less serious, but also, I think, worth asking. We already know that the Killbots really don't pose much, much of a threat if you're running and, say, like actually juking or running in a circle or literally hiding in any one of the 15 staircases that you see in the movie because they cannot go downstairs. And if you force them to, you've probably won the fight because they will tumble, it will be bad, and they they will be disabled. Is, it, is the decision to have a sex party in your girlfriend's dad's furniture store odd to anyone else or is that just me?
1: Wait, you guys haven't had sex in your girlfriend's dad's furniture store? I mean, yeah. Huh. Just me I, then. I mean, I, I thought I it seemed gr- cricket. Oh,
0: Hold on, hold on. Uh, in the terms of 80s sex party locations, is that a risky spot? Yeah. I mean, clearly that's part of the whole 80s uh, appeal is that, oh, it's a little bit dangerous. We're going to do something. We might get caught. Oh, oh. But yeah, that's, that's flying a little close to the sun, in my opinion.
2: I will, I will give them this. In most horror movies, people are separated, which makes them much easier to pick off. At least they're all in close proximity to each other. They're sticking together.
0: They usually stick together by going out in the woods. They go to a campground. They go somewhere. They, they, get, they get away. They stay together, but they get away. This seems like a very public place,
1: a little too close to the sun, like I said. The possibility that you might get caught is what makes it hot. Also, is it really a lot worse than if you know, like the Crystal Camp or the Crystal Lake kids? Those are camp counselors. They're putting children at risk to have their sex party. Yeah, I feel like
2: that's worse. You're right, because they're in they're in the same cabin.
1: (laughs) Exactly. It's it's highly irresponsible. That's
2: terrible.
1: (laughs) These kids. I mean, at least you know the the one of the girls it was her dad's place worst case scenario they just kind of got to talk through that well
0: so wait so so i just want to know something how do they clean up all the sheets and the bed clothes that they that they fornicated in because that's a furniture store you can't just leave a bunch of mussed up sheets on the display mattresses like there's a lot of cleanup involved there Again, I I, I think that was flying a little too close to the sun because there's way more cover-up and cleanup to be done to get away with that.
2: Yeah, they really ruined Susie's dad's inventory, and I don't think it was a very nice thing to do.
0: But in the end of the movie, did it really matter? No. So, okay, fair enough.
2: Well, in the grand scheme of things, the whole store got lit on fire (laughs) with with laser fire.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, Is Rick's death... Rick is the uh, he of the engaged couple. Rick, the dumbest possible way to get yourself killed. Rick is the asshat that drives the vehicle into the killbot who's on overload. After he watches his wife get shot in the stomach with a laser.
1: No, come on, that's a that's a heroic sacrifice. He's getting that killbot out of the way.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, on
1: principle, it's not
0: bad, but on film, it was horrible.
2: It looks so 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 bad. Yeah, no, man. that's. The, ro- here's the my- robot was already dying.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, But it was dangerous, Mr. Wizard. And I will add that one of my biggest shocks out of falling up on the cast of this movie is that the engaged woman, what was her name again?
2: I don't remember.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter. She had a very short career, and I thought she was one of the better actresses in the movie. And she really went on to do nothing after this.
2: Their presence I- at the party also suspect. Because they're engaged yeah. in like seemingly a serious couple. And they're like, hey, let's go older. into this store and listen to our friends fornicate. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. They're talking about their honeymoon. They're like, hey, no, we got to stop at this sex party real quick.
0: That was a strange angle.
2: Uh, this is a very good question, I think. If we were all stuck in a shopping mall with killer security droids, who dies first?
1: Oh, jump 100%. <laughs> I agree. Just, just from an '80s morality perspective, the
0: well, I can't. Okay, well, well, hold on. You set foot them all, and but, even before but, but, the electric,
1: let's, let's
0: let's assume that's not on the table. And just a, it's survival horror here. We're we're doing the straight up Left for Dead uh, style. Wait, wait, wait I, I think my survival skills are excellent.
2: I would say I, your survival I, skills are and, better than Captain Cash's, and I also yeah, think well, certainly. That is, we went to, like, the weapons store to secure useful items, he'd be crafting, like, a foam sword. (laughs) Like, I'll stop them.
0: I'm not going to deny. I'm not going to deny that if it's a morality-based problem, you know, or or, or equation here, the robots are going to find me first. I'm just going to be, oh, they got me. They they wouldn't even
1: have to malfunction. You just set foot in that mall and they'd be like, we got to murder this dude.
0: Yeah. This dude, yeah, right there, yeah, red alert, red Have alert. Have a
2: nice day. You
0: no, I think I'm yeah. crafty. I think I think I could survive for a little while. The only reason I think I would out survive Captain Cash is I think Captain Cash would be a little too cavalier. I think I think he just get a little too a little too brave, and that would be his downfall.
1: I feel I like I, I could would, make a robot myself and, and join cavalier. the robots.
0: Because because we all know Mr. Wizard would sit back and watch and wait for one of us to die. That, that's why he, he survives. Is. He's like, because he's not going to be the first one. He's going to hang back until it's one of us.
2: I'm in the air vent. Get, <laughs> yeah. the hell,
0: get the hell out of
2: there. Here's Discretion what I is the
1: better later. part of valor.
2: Just based on recent history, we both know that Captain Cash would have fell asleep in the furniture store <laughs> and been murdered immediately.
1: What's going on, robots?
0: Ugh. I wouldn't leave you behind, Captain Cash. I would not leave you behind. I
1: appreciate that.
2: Last question. This one's also really important, and I have a lot of schools of thought for who I would choose. More viable option for your mall security, the Killbots or Paul Blart?
1: Oh, that's easy. I got this. Uh, 100% the Killbots, because the Killbots might wind up murdering me, but Paul Blart will 100% make me wish I was dead.
2: Okay, <laughs>
0: jumpzilla. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with Paul Blart because in the case of a severe emergency, you you could uh, open him up and uh, warm yourself inside of him to survive through some sort of like, you know, cold weather. Like disaster. a tauntaun. Like a tauntaun, yeah. Yeah, so he, he, he'd be more helpful. And I, I think you could probably take
1: him because I don't think he's that threatening. And I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Here's no. my
2: thinking. Uh, The Killbots, obviously, better arsenal. Very fast, as we've just discussed. Eight miles per hour. Paul Blart does have... Paul
1: Blart's got that Segway. He does
2: have a Segway. Now, the one advantage, the distinct advantage that Paul Blart has is that he can go mobile. If he has to leave the mall, he can. The Killbots are basically regulated to that space. I don't know how far the, the station... Can you know, keep them functioning. But if it's
1: mall security, why does that matter? If the the bad person is left, the mall is secure.
2: The job's not Uh, done until all the terrorists are dead.
0: (laughs) Mall terrorists? And, wait, uh, mall rats. Um, And Paul Blart, if he does exit the uh, Segway, can navigate stairs.
2: Yeah, also, no, that was the big huge one. plus. But how yeah,
0: many sure. stairs
1: though? One, one flight. I mean, it's still it's still more than zero. One but...
0: flight, then a recharge period, then
1: a second flight. Yeah. that's fair. But it is a mall. How many flights of stairs do you really need?
2: Two. I think what it all comes down to for me, because there's actually a lot of stairs in this mall, so it would have been advantageous to be Paul Blart at some points, not others. He's also wearing orthopedic shoes.
1: It's it's never advantageous to be Paul Blart. I would. It's, it's it's the it's the opposite of the Batman equation. Always be yourself, unless you can be Batman, then be Batman. Never be Paul Blart under any circumstances.
0: I feel like Spider Man should be some part of that 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 equation as well.
1: Man, I'd always choose Spider Man unless I get the Parker luck. Anyway, we're digressing. What?
0: No, that's a good point. Bro. Wait, wait, hold on. The, the Wayne luck's not a whole lot better. Your parents would die either way. Yeah, yeah, But you're Ain't still a, a
1: bajillionaire yeah.
2: Just remember the Wayne, the Wayne luck is so bad That even when his dad survives He dies and his mom becomes the Joker <laughs> That's some tough luck
1: Maybe the bad luck is actually with Thomas and Martha Wayne Because Bruce, it all kind of worked out for him If you think about it, he's Batman
2: That's pretty sweet Anyway So it all comes down to this for me I don't think I could trust Paul Blart with plastic explosive. <laughs> I I don't Touché. I don't think he has the skills to pull that off. Also, if he falls on his back, I'm not sure he can get back up. Whereas the Killbot has that nifty arm that helps him get back on his on his treads.
0: Was that a rough scene?
2: Yeah. It's not good. That's one of the... The the killbots were apparently very heavy. So that was like a scene they shot super close because the arms were not nearly strong enough to get it back on its feet. Like, it would take a couple of people to do it. So, like, the shots where they open the chest and they shoot stuff, like, that's all just close crop because the killbots could do a lot of things, but they didn't have all of those functions.
1: You're telling me they couldn't shoot lasers?
2: Yeah, real bummer. So a couple interesting or, or things standard? about this movie that I found. We talked about some of them, obviously, the Killbots, so we'll skip over that. But Lost Empire poster in the restaurant, that was uh, Jim Winnerski's first movie. So that's like an ode to himself. A little vain, but okay. Did you notice yeah. uh, what Cobra Kai Mike says to the Killbot after showing him his badge? Klaatu Baratu Yeah. yeah. From the day the earth That's stood the, still.
1: The earth stood still, or the movie. best Army of the, not, the best not Evil the Dead Keanu movie version. The original, much
2: yes, better. Yes, a much better one. Uh, this film was written to be filmed at the Beverly Central Shopping Center. Cost too much money, so some of the outdoor shots are the Beverly Central. All the indoor shots, of course, Sherman Oaks. That furniture store, completely constructed from the ground up. That was a vacant lot within the the mall which is why they were just basically allowed to destroy the hell out of that one.
1: Man, a million dollars went way further in the 80s than it does right now.
2: Yeah, because that stunt where she falls from the third story, that's a real stunt that a person did. And then the director's like, I want to do that. So he did it and broke a rib. Of course, he jumped from the second story. (laughs) Oh, a couple other uh, Killbots things. So Robert Short designed them. According to him, Norsky wanted them to feel like an updated version of a 1954 film, Gog, which I looked up on YouTube. You can find it. I'll post that to the social. And they are very similar. Uh, the number markings on the Killbots, which they show because they're basically numbered which floors they're on, that was a tribute to the TV show The Man from Uncle, who Short was a big fan of.
0: Huh. And, uh, How so?
2: I, I guess it was the the design of the number. It looks like a patch from oh. Man, of Un- Man from Uncle. Oh,
0: okay. Triangle patches, yeah, okay. So,
2: five killbots were built for the movie. Four of them are, wow. sti- are still out there somewhere. The fifth one was literally blown up in the paint store scene at the very end of the movie. I attempted to find one for sale, since we were able to find that Ninja Turtle suit for sale. The haunting... Oh, my God, that, that is Turtle horrifying. Suit. Uh, I could not.
1: I, I I live in fear of the day I wake up and I see that at the foot of my bed.
2: That Ninja Turtle suit is so terrifying. So, so terrifying. The teeth. Oh, my God, the teeth.
1: And the lazy Forest Whitaker eye it's got. Oh, my God. Ugh. Listen, if you don't know what you're talking about, if you don't know what we're talking about, follow us on Facebook. It's 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 on there. Yeah, it will
2: it's so unsettling, your I, dreams. I can't wait until it's off of like the immediate portion of the feed.
1: <laughs> hey, did you have any success locating a KillBot for us to purchase, though? No,
2: but you know what I did <sighs> find? There's someone, I guess they're like a prop designing company, they make a KillBot helmet with a functioning laser light, but it's sold out right now. They go for $3,000. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jesus. Seems like something we could go half, a three-way off, split it.
1: Give me a couple months and I can make a Killbot helmet. Laser function may not be a choice, but I could do that.
2: So the last bit of trivia, and I think I mentioned this on the last pod, Sherman Oaks Galleria is no more. But it it wasn't totally shut down. It was renovated in 2002. It's now a revamped open-air shopping center. The only remnant of the original mall is essentially the... Pacific 16 theaters. That's it. Which you can see in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, amongst other movies. But yeah, sort of a bummer. That's why you can't remake this movie today. There is no Sherman Oaks Gallery. The perfect mall for movie making. Featuring three of my favorite movies ever, this, Terminator 2, and Commando.
0: So, in recognition of our opening beer here, I would say this film... In my opinion, takes at least four beers to get through. It's a little rough. Mister Wizard, uh, what's your take?
2: If if you're pounding four beers through Chopping Mall, you're you mean business because this movie's literally like a, a an brusque, hour and fifteen minutes, hour and yeah. eight minutes long before the credits roll. But you know, it is so in your face. I mean, just just go with it. I mean, there's a line in this movie where a guy says to his girlfriend, you smell like pepperoni. And I
0: like pepperoni. Yeah. He doesn't just say, you smell like pepperoni. He says, you smell like pepperoni. And she gets offended. And he's like, and I like pepperoni.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. so again, four beers. Four four beer. That line has
1: absolutely never worked. And yeah, it's a four beer movie. It's. It's not good. You kind of have to watch this with a, this is silly and we're going to have a good time. And about four beers is the amount I need to, to just enjoy it without having to forget what I've seen.
2: So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do the top five head exploding scenes because this one has a doozy. We are back on Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by revengethefans.com. October, horror month, and this is Chopping Mall. Now, as we alluded to earlier, the signature kill of this movie is when the killbot chases down scantily clad Susie and blows her head to smithereens. In honor of that fantastic kill, we have assembled a list of top five explosive decapitations in cinema. Now before I get to that, I want to talk a little bit about what uh, director Jim Wisnorski and his co-writer Steve Mitchell thought about that scene. In the director's commentary, Wisnorski calls it the second greatest head explosion of all time. What's it behind might be on our list, so I'll leave that in mystery for now. And it was a relatively simple effect. Essentially what they did was they used an exploding head dummy That they inserted in the shot after you see Susie screaming. The rotoscope laser, which is the special effect, blurs that swap. Boom, the head explodes. The blood, much cheesier looking than the actual head explosion.
1: It literally looks like they squirted a ketchup bottle off the window. Yeah,
2: it definitely does. Now, the cool thing about this, and I, I don't think they would do this today. At least I hope they wouldn't. They put this in the trailer for the movie. So when this movie, the the previews for this were playing in New York City, the trailer was running like on Broadway, outside the theater, and people were just like watching, like they'd watch this on loop to see this head explosion. So that sold the movie. Now obviously didn't do a good enough job of selling the movie, but I mean that's a pretty (laughs) that is the money shot to have in the trailer. So we're gonna get into some other fantastic explosive decapitations but first I think we do have a dishonorable mention and what would that be Captain Cash
1: oh that's gonna go to a little movie an Oscar winning film Suicide Squad and the death of Slipknot
2: yeah if if you're gonna have the movie Suicide Squad but you're too chicken to pull the trigger on the thing that the Suicide Squad is known for shame on you
1: You know how all of the characters got at least two introductions like this is Harley Quinn and it does the introduction with the the graphics and then it plays her origin story. And it's the same with Deadshot and it plays his origin story. And then you get all the main characters who do that and then they all go on a mission and then you get oh and this is Slipknot. He can climb things and then he immediately dies five minutes later. Fuck you kind of movie. Fuck
2: you! At least give us the cartoon graphic with "He's gonna die in five seconds." Don't get used to him. He's not sticking around.
0: <laughs> as far as far as the way that is that that uh, <clears throat> shot is framed, it's damn near off screen. Yeah, it's it sucks. it's, it's way, terrible. It's, it's way off center. It's just like a it. That was an afterthought all the way through.
2: Earth to DC. That movie still would have made $700 if you just manned up and made it a Suicide Squad movie. People love Harley Quinn. He's going to do it. I mean, Deadpool has crushed it. And it's a harder R than the Suicide Squad ever would have been if you just blew up Michael Beach's head.
1: I'm looking forward to the Suicide Squad. Jimmy Gunn, gonna kill it. Also a schlockmeister
2: who turned good.
1: I'm feeling good about that.
2: Filming now, by the way.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Speaking of good, we do want to give an honorable great. mention. Slither was great. We have to do Slither at some point. Speaking of good, I do want to give an honorable mention to for head exploding to Total Recall uh, on two counts. One, uh, I went and saw Total Recall as a child. And when both Arnold and the love interest are sent out onto the surface of Mars and they do that freak out where their head expands but doesn't actually explode – That stuck with me for years, and I was full-on terrified of that. So it doesn't quite reach head explode level, so you can't really add it to the list. But there is an additional point in the film where Arnold is wearing the, the mask of the old woman, and that does explode, but not technically a human head. It is a, I guess, robot? It's never really clear what that mask is. But get ready for a surprise explosion. A head does explode technically. So, honorable mention, Total Recall. And well it's, done. Wait.
2: It's pretty certain that Cohagen's head explodes.
1: That is also true. Yeah, you don't actually see it. but Yeah,
2: but he's, his head's definitely gone. All right, so we'll start with uh, number five. What do you got, Shemzilla?
0: Well, I'm going to go with uh, Belloc from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because it's not technically an explosion, but still, it's a very head-centric scene. And also, it was one of the scenes in that movie that the, uh, uh, the film authorities did not uh, approve of initially. Spielberg had to tone that down and cover it up with some uh, after-effect you know, flames. Because between the uh, reverse uh, wax-melting uh, effect... And then the, there was an explosion. They said it was way too graphic. They were actually going to give Raiders an R until Spielberg covered that up a bit with some like uh, flame effects in post-production. This,
1: this yeah, let the trail. record show. Number five, our only PG on this list. Yeah. Everything and, else, a very hard R. Yes. And that was terrifying
0: as a child. That scene with, with the face melting and the oh, whole yes. arc opening thing, yeah, that was that was scary as hell as a kid. Mission accomplished, Spielberg. Mission accomplished.
1: Don't ever forget, Spielberg is the original Schlockmeister. What do you think Jaws is? It's a monster movie. Oh,
0: well, well, no, no. Before, and before Jaws was the movie with the, the, the monster, the uh, semi-truck. Yeah. It was the tow truck. The which, duel. Yeah. The duel, yeah, yeah. Good pedigree from uh, Spielberg, good good pedigree. So I've, Indeed. Got,
2: I've got number four, uh, it's The Running Man.
1: Another great Arnold film.
2: So what's so great about The Running Man, Arnold, number one, Richard Dawson, the original host of Family Feud, is the foil, who runs this sadistic game show. Jim Brown is in it, Firefly, Jesse the Body Ventura.
1: Worth noting, this film has two future governors. Just like the Predator. Just like Predator.
2: Iceman, the Professor Toru Tanaka from The Perfect Weapon. This movie kicks ass, and it's also, unlike Suicide Squad, not afraid to use its explosive collars and show you what the hell they can do. Because when they break out of prison, some dipshit runs through the fence, his head explodes, and his body keeps running, and it is fantastic.
1: It is truly amazing.
2: I think it should be higher than four, but that's just me. Captain Cash, I think you have number three.
1: So three is a more recent entry, and and this is why I would place it above four, and it is Kingsman, uh, the Secret Service. So this is the original Kingsman film, where at the end, uh, basically, literally, everyone's head explodes. Are you a person in power? Your head explodes in a bright purple-green-red plume of whatever. And this movie and the comic book it is based on by I think it's Mark Miller, is it not? Yep. And this yeah, and this this comic so and this movie and the comic it was based on by Mark Miller is always a little uncomfortable because Mark Miller's always kind of a an edge lord about shit, but among the heads that explode are certainly Barack Obama, which uh, on the one hand I'm kind of like yeah that's kind of gross but on the other hand i'm like also that's kind of ballsy not how i'd do it but still you have to give it credit for the uh the spectacle itself that it provides
2: kingsman and its sequel both don't give a shit what you think of their gratuitous violence and they happily celebrate it
1: yeah that's fair also it's not it's not a head exploding thing but the uh the Fight in the church with uh, fucking Colin Firth. Mister Darcy is incredible. That is that is among the better fights. What does you've that seen go to
2: Black Betty? Betty? Or I think that, so. Yeah, is that the second one where they throw the guy in the meat grinder? Either way, such violence in those movies. They dropped the uh, red viper into the meat grinder, Captain K. Oh uh, yeah, they definitely dropped the red viper. Which might have been worse than getting his head head crushed.
0: And number two is. The uh, SWAT scene headshot from Dawn of the Dead. Okay, this comes early in the movie in George Romero's zombie classic. And it's a little surprising because you get this uh, somewhat racist SWAT team bust into an apartment complex. And there's some African-American occupants. There's a little racial tension going on. And boom, you get a headshot. And uh, the effect is surprisingly convincing thanks to Tom Savini, the, the godfather of zombie. I met him
1: at Renfest. He lives in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I see Pittsburgh,
0: him all the time. Yeah, Savini. Yeah, godfather of zombie gore facts. That headshot, it, it's shocking because it comes so early in the film, and it's not a zombie. There's no tension built up. Just like, blam, here you go, and the movie kicks off. It's awesome. And you watch that in slow-mo, and it holds up. It is a
1: splatterfest.
2: And they basically like, he's going on a rampage. And they're like, but why? Why is this guy going crazy?
1: Yeah. Also worth noting, another mall related massacre movie. So, yeah. coming back around. And a better one, for that matter. But
2: It is a better one. Yeah, related. I mean... Yeah. It actually has something to say, which this movie yeah, exactly. clearly does not.
1: Something well, about the dangers of AI and not and not I doing premarital sexing.
0: Uh, I enjoyed the final girl trope in this movie. I felt like they did a good job of having her. She was a strong character all the way through. I guess the point I'm trying to make, she was clearly the hero much earlier in the film than other films to try to hand it off between the female protagonist and the male protagonist.
1: Oh, sure.
0: She ran about a third of the way through and finished it off
2: well she's also of of the nerd couple the nerdy guy Ferdy is kind of a useless bozo yeah and she she's she's
1: a stronger character yeah. yeah he's called Ferdy it's right there on the tin of course he is that's yeah. true
2: alright number one Drumroll roll please Scanners
1: it couldn't have been anything else but scanners
2: it's the clear choice cronenberg it is a fantastic explosive decapitation it's talked about in other movies and when i alluded to wiz claiming his headshot his exploding head was the second best of all time what does he reference scanners even the director of the great wenches of eastwick <laughs> knows
1: Witches of Breastwick, sir. Witches of Breastwick. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah it, it's, a, it's the Blair Winch Project. <laughs> it, the it, Blair Winch Breastwick. Project,
2: yeah. Not the Winches of Feastwick. How could I forget?
1: <laughs> uh, how could you forget, indeed? Well, for, first off, which,
0: which is, you know, credit due where credit is due, Cronenberg.
1: Yeah, right.
0: You don't mess with Cronenberg when it comes to body horror. He's the king.
1: Yeah, and to be fair, Scanners was made with like three times the budget that Chopping Mall was. So I feel like, you know... Fair enough. Plus, Scanners didn't have to build, uh, what, five functional robots?
2: The robots are really impressive. The fact that people were controlling them, and like it literally spun around in the elevator, and they could go eight miles an hour... I thought some of that was pretty impressive.
0: Hold on. Time out just for a second. I'm going to go back and say again, there are moments that this movie, script-wise, is as good as any schlocky teen comedy in the 80s was. It was right on the edge, in my opinion. This movie was almost mainstream.
2: But, I mean, there's a reason it's still shown in film festivals and people love it and and all that yeah, stuff. it's not bad it it's has bad. its its niche and it's a it's a memorable cornball 80s horror movie
0: yeah that's fair that's what I'm trying to say it, it it's it, it it holds up here here I'll say this I remember seeing the box art for this movie on the rental shelf as a kid and being like man that movie looks cool the box the, the art one,
2: uh, uh... Painfully the oversells the it. Hand. Yeah, He's
0: holding the bag with the, the 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 eyeballs and stuff peeking out of it. Not the first one with like the ghost hand, but the one the
1: second with the robot hand. That's Except the amazing. robot hand's got like weird fur and looks vaguely reptilian.
2: And and it's a hand which the killbots do not have.
1: Second <laughs> one is much yeah. more Terminator. It's the Terminator hand. Yeah, I remember uh, the
0: Terminator hand.
2: There's one that's very metallic and yeah
0: that's the one i remember
2: it oversells what the kill box are going to be for sure yeah
0: yeah but that was a movie i was scared to see as a kid that looks scary as shit
2: yeah because it has the it's got the severed head and the bag with the rip and you see the eyeball and it's yeah it's it's cool and i'll post that to the social as well so we're gonna take a quick break we come back all we got left recommendations we'll be back Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by revengethefans.com, and we are going to give you our recommendations for the week. Uh, American Horror Story 1984 is my recommendation. Now, full disclosure, I would never watched one season, one episode of American Horror Story, but then I read that this latest season was going to be essentially a throwback to 80 slasher films. So I'm like, oh, I got to check that out. I've enjoyed it so far. I'm only two episodes in, so it's it's a soft recommendation. I think it's worth watching the first two. Uh, it turns out the Night Stalker Richard Ramirez is in it, as well as a more sort of Jason-esque type foe. It definitely gives you a real Friday the Thirteenth vibe, and uh, the intro alone, super '80s. That's worth watching itself. So. American Horror Story, 1984. What about you, Chumpzilla?
0: Okay, well, after the schlocky movie that we covered tonight, I think it's fair to say I'm going to recommend another bad 80s movie, but this one is of a slightly higher caliber. I think you guys should check out, if you haven't seen it, Bad Taste.
2: Yes, I have seen it.
0: that ring any bells here? Come on, Bad Taste, directed by no other than Peter Jackson. His first feature film, he directed it, he wrote it, he acted in it, his friends acted in it. It's a great, gross-out, just ridiculous horror movie in the vein of Chopping Wall. It's a lot of fun. If you've never seen Bad Taste, you got to check it out. It's awesome. Does
1: Does that not involve a Sumatran something monkey?
2: No, that's I Outbreak.
1: I feel like it does. <laughs> that's the thing that bites the person that starts the infection, right? Yes. Yeah.
2: I thought for sure you were going to recommend Deadbeat at Dawn.
1: It's it's also Outbreak. Outbreak stole that from Peter Jackson.
0: I, I'm still waiting for us to feature that, because that is a cult
1: classic. Jim Van Bever. My recommendation for this week is going to be the new season of Big Mouth, which If you haven't seen it on Netflix, it's basically all about puberty and how these kids go through it. And it is completely animated and it is deliberately ugly. So the barrier for entry is really, it's intense. Watch three episodes of it if you haven't seen it and you'll be sold. If you have seen it, you already know that Big Mouth came out like today. Uh, which I guess not today, when but today when we're recording this, whenever it comes out. Uh, worth your time. Go check out that show. It is absolutely hilarious.
2: So I'll leave you with this. Not that many great quotes in this movie. We already used the best one, which was waitress more butter, but in the, in the wise words of the late Mike played by John Terleski, smoking's bad for your health, kids. <laughs> Don't <laughs> Don't do it.
1: Have a nice day. Or butter.